Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Joshua chapter 17. And if I were to give this one a title, it would be Living in the Tension. Living in the Tension. I don't know if you've ever done this before. Have you ever taken a rubber band and you start to stretch it a little bit? Well, the thing is, is that a rubber band is not really useful until you stretch it because you wrap it around stuff and it keeps it kind of where it needs to be. So actually, tension is very good for a rubber band. On the other hand, if you were to take a string and you put it in tension, you, you're going to snap it. It's not intended to be under a lot of a lot of tension. It's intended maybe a little, but not a lot. Well, life can be like that sometimes. And we're going to talk about how the West uh, Manassan tribe, they have to live in a tension and what that could speak to us. But it's, we'll get to that in just a moment. As always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to this. We're on the road to a uh, thousand subscribers, so make sure you are helping us with that. Share this with everybody that you can. Also, our podcast, we would love for you to share this. You're my favorites. Leave us a five-star review. Also go to the Bible Breakdown Discussion. They're doing an amazing job over there doing some different devotions and things. And I would love for you to do me a favor as well. And that is go to my my website, brandoncannon.com and subscribe to my newsletter. I send out once a week just some information on, you know, kind of a breakdown of what happened that past week. I let you know what my favorite chapter was to read. Also, as I'm just kind of searching through and studying stuff, I come across, I use YouTube a lot, and I come across a lot of great interviews and insights and stuff, and I just want to share it with you. Because we just, the more we dig, the more we find. And I just love doing that. I love getting, hearing back from you, some of the different things that you find. And so it's, it's a great other aspect of this community that we're building together. So you can go to my website, brandoncannon.com, as we do this thing together, all right? All right, if you got your Bible and you want to open it up with me to Joshua chapter 17, as I was saying before, I think a great title for this would be Living in the Tension. And while you're getting this ready, just reminding you of the idea that the nation of Israel has now taken over most of Canaan, and they are giving the land to these different tribes and telling them, go finish the job, finish driving out these belligerent nations, take it over, and start doing what you're supposed to do, right? Like, like do, the, do the stuff. And this is a wonderful opportunity. Don't forget, these people's parents were born in slavery. Not only are they now free, now they have their homeland back. And so they still have work to do, and now they got to go do it. And that reminds me so much of my Christian walk with, with God. I gave my life to Jesus, and I was so excited. And I woke up the next day and realized, man, my soul is saved, but I got a lot of work to do. I still got some stuff I need to figure out. And I need to go and take possession of all the things that God wants me to do and walk in that freedom. And so I, that's what I see the second half of this is God is saying, here's the freedom. Go walk in it. And that's what they get to do. So we're going to read this together and, and kind of see what God would have, you know, teach us today in this living in the tension. So are you ready? You got Joshua chapter 17, NLT version, verse 1 says this. And by the way, real quick, here we go with the names again, all right? I would love for you to send me a video of you trying to say some of these names. Because I'm going to tell you something, I'm getting 99% of these wrong, okay? I'm not even close, but hey, we're trying, right? We're doing this together. How about if, you, if you're reading it on your paper Bible, Say them out loud with me, and let's see which one of us gets closer. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Verse 1. The next allotment of land was given to the half-tribe of Manasseh, the descendants of Joseph's older son. 
Machir, the son of Manasseh, was the father of Gilead. Because his descendants were experienced soldiers, the regions of Gilead and Bashan on the east side of the Jordan River had already been given to them. So the allotment of the west side of the Jordan was for the remaining families within the clans of the tribe of Manasseh. Abzir, Helek, Azrael, Shemesh, Hefner, and Shamada. These clans represented the male descendants of Manasseh, son of Joseph. However, Zelophad, the descendant of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Mecher, the son of Manasseh, he didn't have no sons. So only his daughters, whose names were Mahal, Noah, Heglah, Helkah, and Tezra. These women came to Eleazar, the priest, uh, Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the Israelite leaders, and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us the grant of land along with the men of our tribe. I do believe you can find that at the very end of Deuteronomy if you're wanting the reference. So, Joshua gave them the grant of land along with their uncles as the Lord had commanded. As a result, Manasseh's total allocation came to ten parcels of land in addition to the land of Gilead and Bashan across the Jordan River because the female descendants of Manasseh received a grant of land along with the male descendants. The land of Gilead was given to the rest of the male descendants of Manasseh. The boundary of the tribe of Manasseh extended from the border of Ashir to Mechathath near Shechem. Then the boundary uh, went west, uh, excuse me, went south from Mechathath to the settlement near the spring of Tephtua. The land surrounded Tephthu and belonged to Manasseh, but the town of Tephthu itself on the border of Manasseh's territory belonged to the tribe of Ephraim. From the spring of Tephthu, the boundary of Manasseh followed Cana Ravine to the Mediterranean Sea. Several towns south of the ravine were inside Manasseh's territory, but they actually belonged to the tribe of Ephraim. In general, however, the land south of the ravine belonged to Ephraim, and the land north of the ravine belonged to Manasseh. Manasseh's borders ran along the northern side of the ravine and ended at the Mediterranean Sea. North of Manasseh was the territory of Asher and the east of the territory of Issachar. Following These following towns within the territory of Issachar and Asher, however, were given to Manasseh. Beth, Shran, Ablim, Dor, that is Nefar, Dor, Endor, Tanakh, and Megiddo, east of the surrounding settlements. Now, what he was saying just then is right there at that area, there was this weird ravine thing that was happening where the land didn't quite meet up like, like square. And so some of the land would bleed over and belong to one tribe, and some of it would bleed on toward another tribe. That was very important. That way, during the year of Jubilee, when all of the land went back to the ancestral clans, they knew kind of where that was because that would have been kind of a gray area, and they're settling that so that it won't be gray. And they can, ha- they can know what's going on. Now, here's the last part, and I want you to pay attention to this with me. Verse 12. But the descendants of Manasseh were unable to occupy these towns because the Canaanites were determined to stay in that region. Later, however, when the Israelites became strong enough, they forced the Canaanites to work as slaves. But they did not drive them out of the land. The descendants of Joseph came to Joshua and asked, Why have you given us only one portion of land as our homeland when the Lord has blessed us with so many people? Joshua replied, If if there are so many of you, and if the hill country of Ephraim is not large enough for you, clear out the land for yourselves in the forest of the Parasites and where the Rephaites live. The descendants of Joseph responded, It's true that the hill country is not large enough for us, but all the Canaanites in the lowlands have iron chariots both those in Beshran and its surrounding settlements and those in the Valley of Jezreel, and they are too strong for us. 
Then Joshua said to the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, the descendants of Joseph, Since you are so large and strong, you will be given more than one portion. The forests of the hill country will be yours as well. Clear as much of the land as you wish and take possession of its farthest corners. And then you will drive out the Canaanites from the valleys too, even though they are strong and have iron chariots. One of the things that I love about this is the idea of living in the tension is they were not able to drive out the Canaanites. But when they got strong enough, they were able to then live in the tension and overwhelm them. Now, one of the things we talked about yesterday was the idea that God's plan for them was not to live with them, but to drive them out. But there are times in our lives when God wants us to drive things out, do the hard work, but for reasons, for difficult things, we're not always able to fully drive things out in our life. Now, when that happens, what could happen is a situation where we just give up. We just just give up. Or what we can do is we grow stronger because of it until eventually we're able to use it to our advantage. And what I I love about this is this idea. There's two things in here I love, but one of them is that idea. And I, and I, I think of this with something particular in my mind, and that is maybe you run into a situation where you give your life to Christ, but you have family members who don't. And you want so bad for them to become Christ followers like you. But for whatever reason, they're struggling with it. They're, they're not, they don't come to Christ. And so you feel defeated. You're not able to reach your friends, your family for Christ like you want. Well, the wrong answer would be if, like the Israelites say, well, I can't drive them out, so I might as well give up. That would be wrong. It would be wrong for you to say, well, I can't reach them for Christ, so I might as well give up trying. But instead, what the nation of Israel did is they continued to live there, and they continued to slowly become stronger and stronger and stronger until they were eventually able to overwhelm them. As a Christian, when you don't always succeed, the answer is not to give up. The answer is to grow stronger and stronger and stronger until eventually God will give you the power, give you the ability, give you the opportunity to take that next step. God doesn't always give us what we want in a moment. Sometimes it is the struggle that makes us stronger. It's living in the tension of not having what I want, but going closer in that direction every day. It's the idea of I'm not who I want to be, but thank goodness I'm not who I used to be. And so my encouragement for you today is maybe you're living in a tension right now. You're, you're living in a situation where you wish something was true, but it's simply not. Maybe you're in a place right now where you have small kids at home and you can't study God's word the way you want to. You can't do different types of ministry the way you want to. You can't do these different things. The answer is not to give up. The answer is not to just throw in the towel. The answer is to do what you can, when you can, while you can, and let it slowly make you stronger. Embrace the season you're in and realize, I'm going to do what I can while I can, and God is going to grow me in the process. That's what happened to them. They weren't able to overcome the Canaanites, but the Bible says as they grew stronger, they were eventually able to win. I want to encourage you with that today. If Maybe you've experienced a massive failure in your life. You know, Maybe it's not a, a difficult season, it's a failure. I want to encourage you to not give up. Not to consider that God's plan is now over for you. You weren't able to do what you were supposed to do. And so what, don't do that. Instead, acknowledge this is a difficult season. Acknowledge this is a failure. Acknowledge what, whatever that happens to be. And those are not the same things. They're, they're different. But acknowledge it and let it cause you to get stronger. I failed, but I'm not a failure. 
And so I'm going to take this failure and I'm going to learn from it. And it's going to, that pain is going to turn into a platform that I build foundation. I'm in a difficult season right now. I'm working a job that I, I just don't love. I'm in a difficult marriage right now. I'm, I'm in a difficult season with my kids right now. I'm not going to give up. Instead, I'm going to use that pain as a platform to get better and to grow and to get stronger. And what you will find when you take lemons and make lemonade, you'll find that actually God has given you all the strength you need to do all the things he's called you to do. And I love that because at the, at the very end of this, you know, they come to Joshua and they say, Joshua, you're going to help us out. We don't have the strength to do this. And Joshua's actually like, you actually kind of do. I'm going to give you that land and I want you to go take it. You're better than you think you are. And I got more faith in you you have in yourself. I think God's got more faith in you than you have in yourself. If you're willing to take whatever that difficulty is and be, just because it didn't work out, don't give up. But instead, use it as an opportunity to get stronger and stronger and stronger, and then eventually God will use it to help you overcome. Last thing I'll say is, I knew a lady one time who she felt like that because she had small children, that she felt like a failure as a Christian because she wasn't able to read her Bible the way she wanted to. She wasn't able to pray the way she wanted to. She wasn't able to engage with other types of small groups and serve in different ways, and she just felt like such a failure and just constantly dealt with that. But at some point, she began to realize, I'm not a failure. This is just a difficult season. And actually, this is one of the most precious seasons of my life. And so she used that difficult season as an opportunity to do the best she could with the time that she had. And she slowly began to grow and to learn and to develop how to have a great relationship with God during that toddler stage. Well, now that she's older, she has become a mentor to mom's of young kids. And she'll tell them, this is not a bad life. It's just a hard season. And so be who you can be while this happens and grow from there. So she took a difficult season and it caused her to grow and become stronger. And now she uses it to her benefit. What is a difficult place in your life that if you looked at it as a training ground, it could turn one day into a blessing for others? Let's pray together today. Father, thank you so much. Lord, you don't waste anything. You don't waste a hurt. You don't waste a pain. But Lord, you come through in our lives in so many ways. I pray, God, you'll give us that kind of vision to see, that your promises are open doors of opportunity. And even if we fail along the way, as long as we fail forward, closer to you, God will always get where you want us to be. I pray you will help us to see our difficulties, our failures, hard seasons as opportunities to grow stronger and stronger until in the end, you give us the grace to overcome. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My prayer for you is that when you get to the end of your days, you will say as Joshua did, and that is Joshua 21, 45, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given were left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. I love you. Don't give up. You're probably doing better than you realize. You're doing better than you used to. You may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. And I love you. And I'm thankful for you. I'll see you tomorrow for Joshua chapter 18. Mm-hmm.